Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm Jeremy Lee, and you are listening to episode four of Reading the Play, the show where athletes share their story and experiences about life and sports. Additionally, we'll break down some key decisions they made so you can get a better understanding of their journey and where they are today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on multiple platforms. It's also available for download at sportcalgary.ca. And for more content, follow the Facebook page, Reading the Play, and to get the latest news, including new episodes on the way, make sure you follow on Instagram at Reading the Play or myself at Legacy. In this episode, I will be talking to Abby Spratt, who happens to be a terrific setter for the Thompson Rivers University Wolfpack women's volleyball team. Abby's got a great story of overcoming some physical obstacles at a young age, also going unnoticed when it came time to playing post-secondary, and then eventually being selected to the Canada West All-Rookie Team. We'll also chat about her championship season with the Cold Garden Tropicals of the One Volleyball League, and that was super fun to witness over the summer. Well, it looks like Abby's all warmed up on the hot seat. Let's get it. Abby Spratt paying a visit to Story Island today. Thank you for joining me. I'm just excited to get into your story. I heard you had a great summer. I did. It was very good. What was your favorite thing that you did this summer? Oh, for sure winning the One Volleyball Premier League Cup. (laughs) Shameless plug. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, But your story goes all the way back. Uh, When did you first start playing volleyball? I think I first started playing volleyball when... We were finally introduced to team sports in junior high, so probably about grade seven. I joined the junior volleyball team, of, and uh, I just kind of fell in love with the sport, I guess. But junior high volleyball is really just, you know, six people on the court not knowing what they're <laughs> doing. Um, yeah. Was that your experience too? Oh, yeah. I think grade seven, I think it was everyone's first time playing volleyball, so it was pretty bad. But yeah, we just literally rotated every single spot on the court. Everyone was everything. and Everyone was doing the underhand serve? Oh yeah. I don't even think I knew what a setter was in seventh grade. So did you play setter all the way through, like when you first started out taking it seriously? I did. In grade eight, when I decided to go back, I made the senior volleyball team and... My coach, we were just practicing and he was trying to fit people into positions and he saw me set a couple and he was like, oh, like you have pretty soft hands. And then it just kind of went from there. And you've just enjoyed it ever since. Yeah. I mean, I kind of didn't really get a choice in junior high. Like I just thought, all right, well, I'm on the court, so that's good. But then, yeah, like going into high school, I realized how important the setter position was and Honestly, I just kind of fell in love with that, too, because I have to take charge on the court, and so people have to listen to me, so it was pretty cool. (laughs) And when did you start playing club volleyball? My first experience with club was, I believe it was U15, so grade 9, and I didn't really know much about club. Like, I don't even think I knew that there were club teams until maybe grade 8. And I just kind of went to this one club. It was called Sparks Volleyball. I don't even think it's still a thing. And the girls were super nice. I loved the coach. But it was pretty um, beginner volleyball, I'd say. What was the decision to play club in the first place? Was it just to get better at 
Volleyball? Um, well, to be honest, I mean, grade eight volleyball, that season went a lot better. And I think I just, I love the sport so much and I wanted to see what I could do with it. And I am a fairly competitive person. And so I just thought, I don't want to just play volleyball like from September to November, I guess it was. Like, I want to keep going. So my parents kind of did some research and we found a couple clubs and I uh, I think I tried out for a few and I think I just, I liked the Sparks coach the best and uh, I didn't want to stop. Well, when did you start playing with 403 Selects? Well, it was the year after, so grade 10. During my season with Sparks, we practiced in the same gym that 403 practiced when their coach was Karsten Stanjek. And um, I guess Karsten had kind of been watching our practices a bit. And I guess he noticed me and he then... He um, poached you. Yeah, he uh, he came up to my parents <laughs> and um, I guess showed quite a bit of interest. Next thing I knew, he um, recruited me to be on his uh, U16-403 team the coming year. And then I stayed with him for U17 and U18. And we had pretty much the exact same group of girls the whole way. So we were just kind of like one big family. And it was it was really good. It was a lot more competitive than Sparks Volleyball was. And I think Karsten really just really pushed me and all the other girls to get to where he knows we can be. Yeah, so it was just, it was quite an experience, but it was a good experience because I don't think I would have been at TRU or um, done this one volleyball without uh, without that competitiveness. So it was good. Let's just back up a little bit here. What you said there was fascinating about being recruited. So I guess from my thinking, recruitment only kind of happens for post-secondary, but really mm-hmm. it happens in club volleyball too. Yeah, I mean, they had rules back then, maybe even now, that um, you can't approach an athlete until a certain time in the year. So club volleyball goes from December till May. And um, it used to be that you can't approach the athlete or try to recruit them until, like, September. They basically watch you play school season I'm assuming or maybe even beach in the summer but um, they just they show interest in you they talk to your parents because they're not allowed to approach you and either you show interest or you don't and you sign with the club or you don't so it's pretty similar to post-secondary just probably not as official. So let's talk about your time with 403 selects there and you were talking about how Karsten was such an instrumental part in your development. And just expand a little bit more on what it meant to play with the same group of girls all the way through. And just the maybe learning about team chemistry and how to operate as one unit on the floor. Honestly, that's what I like so much about volleyball is that it's such a team dynamic sport. And you have to know each other not just like at a physical level, but a personal level in order to win games. And I think that was Karsten's whole idea was to keep the same group of girls to see where we can go. But um, honestly, majority of my team, well, actually, I guess not majority, but uh, several girls on my team aren't even from Calgary. We had two girls that uh, 
traveled in from Red Deer three Mm. times a week to practice with us. And that was pretty crazy. But I mean, Karsten was so intense with the fact that he wanted us to almost always be together. And honestly, it was just like little tiny things like wearing the same knee pads or wearing the same practice shirts and wearing our hair the same or something like that. But our practices were just so intense and physical and we just sometimes we would break down because we were just so exhausted or um, frustrated with not getting it or something and that we had to help one another and I think sometimes I think that was Karsten's whole idea with being so intense right was to bring us together but even though sometimes i I might regret it just because it was so difficult. Um, it, it brought me to here. So in your final season with 403 Selects, you guys finished ninth in the country, I believe. That's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. No, it was crazy. I mean... Take, so take me through that final year there with 403. Well, it was definitely one of my harder years of volleyball that I've played because Karsten recruited a different setter who played... For the dinos club she she started over me for the whole year and it basically was just me fighting for my position the entire year which was good but it was it was a crazy year because i do think that it was our closest time as a team yeah having played with each other for the last two years but no even even though it was frustrating for me we all supported each other so much and uh, when we went into that final game for playing for, I believe it was ninth, we just we didn't even care what place we came in after that. We were just like, this was a great season. Did you feel there was extra pressure that year because there was that other setter and that you were always battling for that position? I did. I mean, I always feel an extreme amount of pressure being the setter. and uh, Even when you are starting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's an intense position, that's for sure. But... Um, yeah, it was definitely a struggle dealing. Well, what was that dynamic like with the other setter off the court even like? Were you like oh, we loved each other. Okay. We really did. Yeah, no. It was good off the court and it was even good on the court. But it was just me uh, with my family or something just like getting frustrated on what else I can do to get that starting spot. But it was it was good. How did you feel... Playing club volleyball set you up for post-secondary. To be honest, I think it was the main factor that got me into post-secondary because, I mean, Karsten knows everybody. He was the reason that uh, Thompson Rivers University even noticed me because I'd say that um, I was pretty hidden, I guess, for the recruitment side of things. I was very quiet. I didn't really um, reach out to too many places, but um, I think Karsten just heard that uh, Thompson Rivers was looking for a setter and kind of helped guide me in that direction. So I guess if I didn't play for Karsten, I don't know where I would be. (laughs) Crazy. Before we get more into your story of being recruited and your decision ultimately to play with TRU. I wanted to chat a little bit about potentially the hand that you were dealt um, in life prior to even playing sports. So at a young age, you were diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. What age did that happen? I was diagnosed when I was two years old. 
which is pretty rare for most people. Right. So, and then what age did you comprehend like what that was? Oh gosh, I don't, I don't think I even realized what was going on until maybe my later elementary years. Because, I mean, I don't remember when I was two years old. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. uh, No, my mom said that she remembers noticing it when I was two that um, I got a lot more stiff and just like simple movements were more difficult. And when people kind of grabbed my wrists or something like that, I would uh, scream out in pain. And my mom as well also has juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So she took me in to see a doctor just to get me checked out. And um, it, in fact, was arthritis. Is it hereditary? I want to say it is because my mom's mom also has arthritis. Hmm. So how did that maybe affect how you would play sports or at, at an earlier age for you? Was it painful? The first couple of years of having arthritis... It was awful. I mean, from what I was told, because of what I don't remember, I had probably one of the most severe cases. And um, we tried a bunch of different medications, but none of them really worked. And I think when I was about four years old, I was put onto this biologic um, drug called Enbrel. And... I think I was probably one of the youngest people to go on it. Wow. And um, I've been on it ever since. So, I mean, playing, starting to play sports and all that, it, uh, I don't want to say it set me back all that much. I mean, with the medication and uh, taking care of my body and all that, I'd say I felt pretty much just like anybody else. But, of course, I did have several setbacks where I just my hands would get really sore or that kind of thing. But I mean, it was looked after pretty well. Was it just in your hands though? Or was it even like your knees and your feet too? Because volleyball really is um, a violent sport for the lower half of your body too. I have it in all of my joints, hands, wrists, elbows, knees, ankles, everywhere. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so you're still on that drug even today. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because I thought kind of like other drugs where the body would maybe find a way to neutralize it but that's not the case with this one no well i mean enbrel it basically fights my body on fighting itself Hmm. like it it stops from fighting itself which is good i mean it it basically stops the inflammation and that's exactly what i need (laughs) right has self-care looked different for you now than when you, you know, maybe were had those first intense moments. It does. I mean, I mean, in the earlier ages, I, uh, I was in the hospital like probably several times a month. But then, as I got older, it turned into maybe once every three months. And now I just go in once every six months, just for like a checkup. But um, I basically take care of myself now. I mean. I use Enbrel as an injection, so once a week I'll just inject the fluid into my body and I'm ready to go for that next week. It almost feels like it's I'm resetting myself, you know? Mm, okay. It's uh, 
it just it makes me feel powerful i don't know if it's a mind game of my own but uh it just makes me feel better physically so for you playing in in u sports and even maybe one volleyball it's pretty physical compared to maybe say high school or club or whatever does that take more of a toll on the joints i think it does for sure i mean having to overuse my hands with a disease like arthritis i feel like it's inimaginable but uh i still do it i mean i don't really notice a huge difference i mean obviously i don't know what a normal person feels like playing volleyball but for me i definitely um i i do have painful moments for sure but i don't feel it a lot of the time i mean most of the time i don't even feel like an arthritic patient i wanted to ask you this question knowing that maybe your joints would be inflamed did it influence whether you still continue to play setter or not because you do handle the ball quite a bit i've never actually thought about that i don't think i don't think it ever really influenced what position i played i mean I love to hit, but I don't do it that much because I'm setting all the time. But no, when I'm when I'm in the game or when I'm headed to a practice or something, I'm just I'm so ready to go that arthritis isn't even on my mind. And Enbrel really makes you feel invincible too. It does. It it's really changed my world. <laughs> try that out sometime. <laughs> no, but there are definitely moments where I I am in pain or I'm too stiff. Or sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm just so sore that I don't know if I can play. But it's never stopped me. So. Well, and I guess just thinking about that too, every position really has its own specific or local uh, intensity. Yeah. Whether it's hitting, you're probably putting more stress on your shoulder and, and your arm. Yeah. And your and probably your wrist and hand too, but mm-hmm. um and then even being a libero you'd probably be Yeah. Your whole body really because you're diving all over the place. Yeah. Every position have has its own physical uh needs, yeah. Okay, so going back to your decision coming out of high school and club and just trying to figure out, you know, where you want to play next and having those conversations with Karsten uh, I read somewhere too that you were considering maybe playing ACAC uh, either for Nate or with Sate. Did those schools officially contact you or was that just something that you were thinking about in the back of your mind? Well, actually, in my U17 club year, right before nationals, so it was closer to the end of the season, and this is when girls most um, mostly start looking into uh, the next step. I uh, decided to just email whatever college or university I knew of. Mm. Um, I think that consisted of Sate, Medicine Hat, Red Deer. I think Nate was in there and College of the Rockies. But I don't think I ever actually emailed any um, CIS universities. And I think it was just because... I wanted to stay at home, so I thought SAIT was going to be my best option. But anyways, I those were the places I emailed, and several of them did come to watch me at Nationals, and I, uh, I believe I went to several practices for each team, and uh, I think I loved all of them. I mean, all the coaches were very welcoming. The girls were lovely, 
but uh, I just I didn't quite feel it was right mm. and um, then, just a gut feeling yeah it was it was weird but yeah and then a couple months later I mean Karsten told me about this university in Kamloops Thompson Rivers and it just escalated from there so what did it look like once you had that conversation with Carson about TRU, did you reach out to Chad Graham, the head coach there, or did Chad come calling to you? Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, Chad didn't have anything to do with it, really. I mean, Carson uh, was talking to their assistant coach at the time, Nathan Bennett, and I guess Nathan told him that he was in need of a setter for the coming year, and Karsten said that he's got a setter and um, he kind of set me up in some open gyms and I guess Nathan watched that for a bit and he got in touch with me wanting to have an individual with me and I guess a week after the individual him and Chad had uh, discussed and he ended up calling me and offering me a spot for that coming year you talked earlier that you do feel pressure setting even as a starter how about when you're putting your skills on display and you're doing those individual workouts is that even more terrifying (laughs) it it is actually i mean especially for um a uh, university at the youth sport level i mean it sounds like such a big deal and it is but um No, at the time in the individual, I basically, I was like, well, I'm just going to show my skill. And if he likes it, then that's great. And if he doesn't, then, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be. But I definitely did feel the pressure. And I remember even in the individual, he, uh, Nathan kind of got me uh, running a bit, doing more physical um, drills and I guess I wasn't really used to it. I wasn't expecting it. Like, oh, he's just going to toss me some balls and I'll set them. But no, it was was kind of intense and it was intimidating for sure. And also testing out your endurance. I think that's... (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Would that be some advice you'd pass on to someone who's maybe getting ready for an individual workout? Is that maybe there's also that physical component too to look after? Well, yeah, and I mean... If you're wanting to play volleyball, even at the club level, you need to have some physicality in you. And your stamina definitely has to be there. But um, I, I want to say it's a little different for setting. It all depends on the pass. But uh, girls that are wanting to have individuals with like just a one-on-one with a coach or something, they need to obviously be prepared for the physical aspect of it, not just the touching the ball and getting reps in so chad and nathan notify you that they want to bring you on do you then go out to kamloops to tour the campus see the city all of that or did you just move in right in september when school started i'd say it was a regular process that anyone went through i mean they called me and they asked me to come out to kamloops to uh, practice with the team see the campus and obviously meet with academic advisors to see if that would maybe help with the decision or clear it up that I didn't want to go. And so um, I believe it was early September in my grade 12 year, 
my mom and I took a trip out to Kamloops and um, yeah, I practiced with the team for the entire weekend and I loved it. I mean, I loved the campus, their gym, everything was just so much bigger. Even though it's a, a smaller university, it just still looked huge to me at the time. And that and, feeling was different for you too then. Yeah. It was uh it was very intimidating, that's for sure. I mean, compared with your other campus tours though, this one felt different. It did. It um I'd say TRU, it's a smaller campus, but it almost has a more personal feel to it. And um I mean, BC beautiful, Kamloops is beautiful, so that obviously helped, but just the personal feel to the campus and the gym and the girls it was it was all there and so it just felt right but I mean obviously the girls I enjoyed them so much that that just added to the um, decision of saying yes so you and your mom finished that campus tour in Kamloops but earlier you said that you initially you wanted to stay close to home was that an easy decision or a tough decision for you to make at the end of it Oh no, it was terrifying to think that I would uh, be leaving home. And I even had a uh, high school boyfriend at the time, so I of course didn't want to leave that behind. But um, no, I think just realizing that I can play at the youth sport level and I'm capable of doing this, I just, I don't even think I really thought about it too hard to talk myself out of it I just immediately said yes and before I knew it I was on my way to Kamloops to unpack for my res room you had an incredible first year you were even on the Canada West all-rookie team for you that transition seemed good on paper was that actually the case for you were there some struggles for you in, in your first year though because a lot of the athletes that I talked to sometimes they get caught in the trap of that first year, uh, adjusting to everything, new friends, new social life, new school, new system, all of that. It was extremely difficult my first year. I knew I loved the sport of volleyball, so nothing changed about that. But I mean, yeah, trying to fit in with the team, being a first year, and I'd say my team bonded fairly fast. And, uh, we knew we were lacking in the setting position. We had two first-year setters, and um, I think my team just knew that we needed that push, and um, that's exactly what they did. They pushed us to be better and just to play the game we knew how to play, and we would just go from there. But um, no, I definitely struggled my first year the first half of my first year, I was kind of battling with our other setter just uh, in regards to starting positions, not uh, not off the court. We loved each other off the court, but... Um, kind of like a similar situation as 403 there. Yes, very similar. And um, I did end up starting a solid portion of that first semester. And then after the Christmas break, going into second semester, our our other setter quit. And it was just me. And so that just added onto the pressure so much. Of course, playing with Yulia Pakomenko, the pressure. Doesn't that make it easier? Well, it, it does, knowing that I can lay whatever kind of set and she'll, she'll just hit it and score all the time. 
Absolutely. It was like a get out of jail for free card almost. But <laughs> Just um, make sure it's on the right half of the court and you're good. Yeah, honestly. But it definitely added to the pressure because if I was playing poorly, then we had no other option. But um, I, I definitely had to work on my mental game because I couldn't mm, think like that. Right. No, my team, they were so helpful and um, they kept pushing me and kept helping and kept supporting and we ended up making it to playoffs for the second time for TRU and um, yeah, it was was a great experience. I mean, not many first years do start and so that just made me feel all the more special (laughs) but um yeah hearing that I was on the rookie team I I didn't even know that was a thing and so it was it was awesome it really was and then playing in the postseason did that add even more pressure yeah I mean I knew that we were getting a new setter in from the Ukraine right yeah and so I just I think I pushed myself even harder than I did during the season because I didn't want that starting spot to be taken from me. That definitely helped. And I think that was Chad's idea was to bring someone in that had the skill already that I was trying to develop my first year to push me into being better and getting me to where he knows I can be and just getting that competitiveness out of me. And I think your story is fascinating because, like you were saying, not a lot of first years start and are thrown into the fire like that. But it's possible, and it's also possible to succeed like you did. What would be some advice you would give to maybe someone entering their first year of university? I would definitely say that the game is a lot faster, but you can't let that affect your play or your mental game because everyone's starting out just like you and um, everyone knows that you're trying to change and it is different so it'll take time so just take advantage of that time and do what you can and listen to your coaches and your teammates because they've obviously been there for a lot longer than you have so just just go with the flow and I think you'll be fine. Well, and you talked a little bit about that mental game too and how you got yourself to a different mindset second half of the season. What steps did you take and what place were you at mentally in that second half? I think I've always had a fairly strong mental game. I mean, throughout my club years, people always described me as a rock on the court because I was just so calm and collected. And I think that's really important for setters. Yep. They can't show that things affect them whether their hitter makes a mistake or the pass was bad they just go with it and um I think going into that second half I think I made myself feel like it was a good thing for me because now I didn't have anybody taking my spot so I could just go with it I could just play my game and know that I can do it and if I did have those moments and my team they saw it and they helped me but I mean for the most part I think I was just happy I didn't have to fight for that spot so well and it's encouraging to genuinely know that your teammates have your back even though if you are struggling in a game yeah and I think I've been very lucky with that Throughout my volleyball career, I've always had amazing teammates and teammates that turn into friends. I mean, throughout my 403 club year, I've 
made so many friends and several of them are still my best friends today and we still hang out all the time and yeah it's it's great what sports can do what was the biggest jump for you from year one to year two for you definitely having to fight for that starting spot again second semester it was just me setting and then going into my second year first semester I had newer competition I had better competition and I think our team atmosphere was altogether more competitive, which made us setters just have to step up because everyone wanted the ball. Even during practices, they were more intense. Yeah, and even in the workout room, I mean, we were all lifting heavier and it it was very intense, but it was good. It was a good intensity. So yeah, I think... Having that extra competition my second year, it was a struggle for me, but I mean, it helped. Who was the tone setter in that locker room for you guys? Like, who made those lifts more intense? Who made those practices that much more competitive and even during games? It was one of our fifth years that year. Uh, her name was Rachel Windhorse. Yeah. She, um, she was just such an intense girl, but... You can just tell that she just loved the sport of volleyball and um, she just pushed everyone because she knew we could do it. I mean, our goal was to make it to nationals and obviously that didn't happen, but I think she pushed everyone, which made everyone want to push because we didn't want to let each other down. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think she was one of the bigger, uh, better influencers on the team. So I want to talk about maybe not hitting your expectations as you already had going into that season as a team. Like you were saying before, you guys had expectations or a goal, maybe, maybe not expectations, a goal of reaching nationals because you guys had such such a strong season and had made playoffs and were trying to build on that momentum. But unfortunately, you guys go seven and 17 on the year. How do you become at peace with not reaching those expectations? I definitely think we didn't come, we didn't have any peace for a long time. I mean, uh, we started out our second year with a big sweep, and from there it just kind of went downhill for a while. What changed, do you know? Um, Was it like a TSN turning point? I don't know. I mean, I didn't think that there was, actually, I think some big things that just completely turned our team around was the fact that we had to do setter out of the middle because our first practice back one of our middles uh, rolls her ankle in practice so then we just have to try and figure out what we can do and it seemed like the only somewhat good option was to play setter out of the middle and i mean that completely changed our offense and our um, positions on the court i mean there were only so many options that a setter can have in a setting out of the middle because now we don't have that middle position to uh, be a threat on the court. And um, I think the girls, we, we just, we didn't like it. I mean, it was frustrating and we just, we couldn't figure out how to work with it. And I mean, we were trying really hard because I think... Our coach, Chad, was just, 
he just didn't know what else to do and so we were trying to help each other for him right and for our team because we wanted to win so badly but it just wasn't happening i think it was because we were just so frustrated that we didn't know what else to do and um finally when our middle came back from her injury our other middle got a concussion so it was uh yeah it was a whirlwind of just when it, when it rains it pours it, yeah no that is a very true statement for us this last year but uh yeah i just think that we are just getting so frustrated with each other and i mean learning a new system while trying to win is just it's almost too much i mean we didn't really get any preparation you know we had a week until our next game and then we just we went with what we had what we had and um we did the best we could with what we got and uh I think it was just an unlucky season for us, but we were still very competitive and we still tried our best, but it just didn't work out in our favor. So in your second season, Yulia Pakabanko is done her five years. And then another international comes in, Evgenia Nyakalova. Yes. Are those two similar or are they completely different players? They are similar and different. I mean, we called her Jane because that's what she wanted to be called. Um, I guess she just really liked the name, but um, it was a lot easier to remember. <laughs> Sorry, Jane, yes. <laughs> but um, no, they they were very different. I mean, Yulia was very physical and very intense, and being that first year, it, um, it definitely wore off on me. Her intensity on me brought me to be more intense, and now I think... With that intensity, I bring it on the younger players coming up. Really? I think so. And with Jane, she just has such a fun and sweet spirit. I mean, Yulia was very all about the sport and um, all about working out and eating right. And I mean, she was. She was like a teddy bear. She was very sweet and smiley and jokey. But um, no, when she hit the court, it was all serious. And uh, I think Jane, I think the way she finds her intensity and moves on from bad plays is somewhat through laughing and just kind of little jokes that make her smile and let us know that, okay, she's ready for the next point, like resetting. And um, I think that was the biggest difference with them was their personalities on the court but I'd say they were fairly similar off the court. I mean, they're both so sweet, and I love them so much, but um, Jane definitely has the physicality that Yulia has, and I think she wants to bring it more in this coming year. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, I loved playing with both of them, and it's it's quite an experience playing with internationals, that's for sure. Mm. How's the communication on the court? It struggles a lot sometimes. I mean, with Yulia in my first year, she was the only international on the court, so she had to speak English, um, especially with me, so that I understood what she needed. But my second year with Jane, and then our setter also being from the Ukraine, 
they would sometimes interact in Russian. And uh, I think that definitely created a huge barrier mm. between them and us on mm -hmm. the court because we didn't know what they were saying. We didn't know what they were doing sometimes. Right. But, I mean, that's, that comes with the communication of the team off the court. We just, we let them know how we feel. They let us know how they feel. And then we just find that balance. But, um, no, it definitely got better. And it, they're such nice girls that we clicked. I mean, even with the struggles of the communication or some people not performing as well some days as others, we, uh, we stayed close and it was, it was fine. Do you think it's more crucial for a team to bond on the court as in getting reps with each other, or is it more important to bond off the court? I think it's definitely more important to bond off the court. I don't know quite how to explain it, but it's it's almost like if you know where they're coming from personally and you know what they're dealing with in life on a personal level, you kind of understand them better on the court doing reps I mean it's like um understanding what they're thinking almost it probably provides more context to you when they're on the court and their actions and what for happens. sure I mean um knowing how they are off the court kind of lets you know what they're going to be like on the court for sure right. like emotion wise or mentally or um physically I mean you just get a better read of them when you know them so after going through our little chat about expectations and not quite meeting them this past year, how would you say you would approach it differently heading into your third year now in, in the case that maybe something out of the blue happens that alters, you know, maybe how you, the team operates? I actually think I learned this better this summer. I think going into my third year, if something happens out of the blue or if something's not going our way whether I'm a captain or not I think we just kind of have to be commanding of each other I mean let's say if somebody goes down in the middle of a rally and you don't have a sub in for that position you just kind of have to take charge like okay I'll step into that you play this position you stay as this position and we'll just work from there and then we'll reset in the next set and um i think that's something that we didn't really do my second year we just kind of all panicked and we didn't want to get used to the setter out of the middle so we didn't but i think in our coming years if something like that were to happen again we just need to take a breath and just command the best out of each other. It's kind of like first contact too. Someone has to call for it, right? Exactly, yeah. And also going into your third year, uh, do you find that there is more of a responsibility or expectation on you from a leadership standpoint for the team? I definitely do. I mean, being a setter, you have to have a different kind of relationship with your coach. I mean, you guys have to understand each other better than a coach has to understand a left side or a libero. I Why mean, is that? Well, a setter is like a quarterback. I mean, right. you have an outline or a, a game plan. And if your coach has a game plan, but you have a different game plan, then you're on completely different levels. So 
in order to be on that same basis, you have to talk with your coach and you have to almost be on a more personal level. Just like you said earlier, is it better to know them on the court or off the court? You have to know your coach better off the court so that you guys get a better read of what you're thinking and how you're going to react in game situations. How much verbal communication actually happens between a setter and a coach in a game? I'd say a fair amount. I mean, if a setter makes a play and maybe it's not the right play, your coach will maybe bring you aside. I know this happened a lot with me. Chad has brought me aside just before the next point's about to start and he kind of tells me what he's thinking or what I should do next to help me reset my mind from that mistake that I made. Or um, in a timeout, my coach will take me aside and just walk me through on who's performing better or who I need to start setting more. Just small things that help get my confidence level higher. So you did something this off season that you've never done before and that's play for one volleyball. How did you get started with that league, or how was that first introduced to you? Well, I mean, it was kind of funny, actually. Karsten Stanjek texted me, telling me that there is a professional league happening in Calgary this year. And I kind of thought it was funny, because he was the one that got me started in uh, the U-sport level, and now he's getting me started in the professional level. Um, He's just setting you up everywhere. He really is. I think he, uh, well, that's okay. I mean, I enjoy it. But um, no, he texted me telling me that this was an option for me and that he thinks I should give it a shot. And at first I was like, oh no, like this is for professional women and men. I'm nowhere near that level. And um, my parents just said, oh, we just give it a shot. I mean, go to the showcase and if, you're not as good then well that's okay but if you are then you can make a great experience out of it so that's what I did did you feel that was a lot of the mindset from the girls field overall where they thought maybe their level wasn't as good in their mind as actually what it was oh yeah for sure I mean I knew so many girls that didn't do this simply because they didn't think they were good enough but um looking at it now i think they wish they did it and i think there's going to be plenty more next year that's the general consensus that i got too yeah so before we dive into your one volleyball season what would you normally have been doing in your off season in terms of training for the upcoming year well after my first year i didn't really get many volleyball touches i mean i hit the gym a lot and uh, I worked a lot. Because Rachel Windhorst told you to. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, no. No, she was a huge part of it because, I mean, being a setter, you don't want to let your team down. And I almost think being the setter is one of the more physical positions on the court. And so that's exactly what I, I wanted to do. I wanted to be more physical for my team. But um, past years, I take my off season like an off season. I... I kind of take a break from volleyball and I do what I need to do to succeed in life, which was working out and working, trying to get money. Mm -hmm. But also taking that mental break too. Yeah, for sure. 
eventually, why did you decide to join One Volleyball? Because you had just talked about how that mental break was important as well, as well as working, as well as training in the gym. I didn't even consider professional volleyball. And when I heard about One Volleyball, there was a switch in me, I guess, where I was like, this could be my turning point for my school seasons to come. I figured that getting more reps on the court instead of in the gym was much more important. And um, I think I was worried a little bit about my mentality side of it because I didn't get that break, but I'm glad I didn't get that break because I think my mental game improved even more. You get notified that you get drafted to Cold Garden. How many of those girls have you played with before? I've only played with one of them before, Devin Cora. That's right, Devin, 403. She, yeah, she played 403 with me for the three years. But she didn't even play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she uh, she wasn't allowed to play um, just because of her NCAA rules. But um, she was the only one that I had that I knew. I didn't even really know who Jamie Tebow was, honestly. You don't know who Jamie Tebow I, is? No. I knew who she was, but I mean, I didn't even think about how big of a deal it was playing with her. And um, to be honest, Devin and I both thought that we were going to get drafted to Ernie Sue and Carson Standish. Well, you'd team. think. Yeah, because those are the only people that really know us. But then we get drafted to Cold Garden and Honestly, I'm so happy we did. It was a great experience. So I had the opportunity to do the broadcasting for One Volleyball. And the one thing that I observed from all the matches, because it's such a short season, that I felt that the team that was able to gel quickest on the court really set themselves up for success. I felt that JVC, I felt that both JVC teams were just coming out firing. And they figured it out on the court early. And then there was other teams that took a little longer to gel. Like mine. (laughs) Absolutely. You guys in CMS, I felt, were the two teams that, on the women's side, that just needed to get more reps in or, like, just a little slower at coming together as a team. Mm -hmm. But what was your experience like because you had such a short window to come together as, as a whole unit? As you saw in the eight-week season, um, we lost our first four matches. And um, I think it was just the fact that we were trying to get to know each other. And we did know that those games didn't really matter um, because no matter what, everyone was going to playoffs. Everyone was going to semis. And I think that we just wanted to get to know each other I think that first introduction at the draft we I think we just knew this team's gonna be awesome and um we bonded several times we uh we had a bake sale at cold garden and we uh we did little things like little individual rep sessions and uh floats down the bow river and all that just to get to know each other and I think we just really, really liked each other as humans off the court. And I think that really helped on the court. And we ended up pulling out four more wins. What do you think was the turning point for you guys? 
Because you guys just caught fire and no one could touch you after that. I think our turning point was putting Jamie Tebow onto the right side. That's right. I saw that. Yeah, she... Um, I think we just needed a little bit more power closer to the pins. And um, not that Jamie was doing a terrible job in the middle. I mean, she was still just the light bulb for the team, but um, or the firecracker for the team. But um, yeah, I think that just, it clicked and we went with it. And it just, it was just so much better. It felt better. Um, I felt more confident because I knew that no matter the set I um, gave to her, she would do something incredible with it. Was it easier setting Jamie from the outside or the middle? I always find setting the pin hitters to be a lot easier because, I mean, there's only one way they can go, or there's only one way the set can go. And um, I think with the middle, I have to know where they are to time the set properly, and sometimes that is very difficult. So in your semifinal game against Trolley 5, your middle, Fove Welsh, goes down with an ankle injury. And then all of a sudden I see you playing middle. Was that a conversation you had with Dallas Sunias, the head coach for Cold Garden, in the huddle when she went down? Or did like did you volunteer? Did Dallas put you there? What what did that look like? Um, well, in the moment when Fove went down, uh, we were all in a panic and... Like I said earlier, you just have to take charge when something unexpected happens. We just talked about this. Yes, and um, I think that's something that I didn't quite do. I mean, I asked Dallas, I was like, do you want me to set out of the middle? Because I did that all last school year, and I knew I could do it. I knew I could block as a middle. Um, he, he didn't. He made me stay on the right side uh, as a setter, but he just put in... A different hitter and she tried to play middle I think we were all a little panicked I mean we lost that set because we were just so rattled we didn't know what to do yeah and I remember Jamie saying to us okay guys that set is over now we know we take charge when we need to and going into the second set of that game I was like okay, I'm setting out of the middle. Like, we don't have any other option. They're going to keep Jamie on the right side because that's where we've been succeeding and everything's going to be fine. And next thing I know, they uh, give us the rotations and I'm playing middle, not setting out of the middle, and our, our other setter comes in to set. And I was like, what? Like, are you sure I can do this? Like, I don't think I can do this. I can block out of the middle, but I can't hit out of the middle. And, um... I guess Dallas and our other coach, CJ, was just... I think they believed in me so much that they didn't even consider that it might be a bad idea. And I think that right there gave me the confidence that I needed to just go out and <laughs> try my best. And it worked. I um, I had a great game in the middle. I, I got a few blocks. I think I got a kill, maybe. And... It was, it was so different, but I mean, we just had so much fun, and I think the chemistry that we created off the court really showed on the court that game because they had to support me in a different way. So yeah, it's just I think we succeeded because we just had fun 
Is this something you take back to Chad now? You're like, I can play middle. No big yeah, deal. no. Right after the game, I texted Chad and I was like, I have you to thank for this win because you taught me how to play middle. And he was like, yes, Abby, that is right. <laughs> so potentially we might see you in the middle at some point. I hope Maybe not. not. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, I still prefer setting a lot, but it was it was really great to be able to score the point rather than give someone the ball to score the point you right know? so looking back on your experience how would you say that this opportunity with one volleyball in the season the short season that you had how did that help you for the upcoming season at TRU oh gosh I um I honestly think that I am a completely different player I really do I um I think when I found out that I was being drafted to Cold Garden and being coached by two males who have never coached the female That's game. Right. Yeah. Um, they just brought a different level of knowledge into the female side of the game. And just the different ways that the male thinks compared to the female, it was mind-blowing. I mean, they're so much more aggressive and they may not necessarily think, whereas the women's game, we may not necessarily be aggressive, but we overthink. And um, being taught with that aggression and just the different aspects of the sport from the two uh, coaches, it was completely different. And I think being a second draft pick for Cold Garden and fifth overall, it was uh, a huge confidence booster. And I think leaving my second year of school, I really needed that confidence booster because I struggled with that starting spot. And uh, Cold Garden gave me exactly what I needed to go into my upcoming school season. Was it tougher bonding with male coaches or was it tougher bonding with an entire new group of girls in that short time period? You know, you'd think that it would be tougher, but our team is just so laid back and so chill and fun that it wasn't hard at all. I already knew how to play with women older than me, but playing with pro players, um, they also just have completely different aspects of the game and them teaching us not just in practices, but on the court in games. It was quite a learning experience, but I mean, you'd think it would be harder trying to um, get to know all these people, and especially male coaches, but it wasn't. It was super easy, and I think that just made the journey all the more better. Even playing with pro athletes at this stage, was there not a certain level that maybe they were demanding that maybe put more pressure on you or did not feel that way at all? Oh, no, for sure. There's always that added pressure of any hitters, whether they're maybe a level lower than me or 10 levels higher than me. There was definitely a lot of pressure. And uh, I mean, going into our first practice as a team, Dallas told me that we're running a fast offense, like a men's offense. And uh, I mean, not a lot of the women's game is run really fast. It's like smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I I kind of was freaking out a bit because, well, I've never run like a fast offense, like a super fast offense. But I mean, with all the practice that we had, and 
how quick we just got into it. I just kind of went with it and it, it actually turned out a lot better than I thought it would. But now knowing that I can speed up that offense, I can now take that to school and help my team maybe get a faster offense. So honestly, it was just a huge win for me this entire summer. <laughs> Final question for you, Abby. What do you think it'll take for you guys to head back to the postseason this year at TRU? Because we have so many first years coming in this year. I think we have about six or seven. We need to find a way to be on the same page as each other. I think in the last years, we think we're on the same page. I mean, we all think nationals. That's the, our last page. But we don't realize that the games in between really, really count and every single point up to that counts. And obviously it's different thinking as a fifth year. It's your last year. You need to make the most out of it and do your best. And a first year, oh, I have five more years. Like this year, I can maybe dial it back a bit. Mm. But that's not the case. Right. And that's usually a huge problem with post-secondary teams. Going into this third year, only being a third year, not a fifth year, so seniority might not be there yet for me. I still need to make sure that my team is taking advantage of everything we can and bonding as a team like Cold Garden did and just making the most of it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Story Island today, Abby. I know your story is not done yet, but this is a great start to it. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you on another time here. Thanks, it was great being here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reading the Play. For more content, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And you can also download other episodes at sportcalgary.ca. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, Reading the Play, and to stay up to date on the latest RTP news, including new episodes. Make sure to follow on Instagram at Reading the Play and myself, Jeremy Lee at Legacy. I really hope that there's a part of Abby's story, even just a little bit, that impacts, inspires, and ignites you to help you win your day. And as always, I'll catch you in the next episode.